shit's strong. What? The rosé cider. Yeah. That's potent. I haven't... Last time I had it was on 4th of July on your roof. And we'd had so much to drink by that point that we I couldn't really, really taste. Rem- I just remember it being kind of like, oh, wow, I can't believe this is legal. <laughs> I, Dude, I just sipped that, and I was like, whew, oh my god. I'm a little worried that it's going to taste like Four loco. It kind of does taste like Four loco. I tasted that, and I just felt Paul Stanley come over me. Not, Bro. Not come over me. But <laughs> no, I felt Paul Stanley. I just wanted to go. Ooh, all right, we got some good-looking girls here tonight. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt on Matt podcast. Here I'm, we are. I'm Matt Beery. I'm Matt Butterfield. And we're back. We're a little late, but who gives a shit? <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. They Nobody. Just, <laughs> they just want to hear us. Yep. <laughs> they don't care when they hear us as long as they hear us. Exactly. We you, got some yeah. great feedback on the show over the last few days when we've been seeing a lot of our friends. Yes, we have been seeing a lot of our friends. It was my birthday this week. I am now in my 30s. He's officially 30 years old. I have nearly lost my voice from all of the partying. Dude, two straight days of just debauchery. It was fun. I loved it. Was it. Good. it was really more of like a 24-hour period. That's true. Than two straight days, but it was like two nights. That's true. Oh, yeah. So Thursday, Thursday, Matt was working the dinner shift. Me and Andrea mm-hmm. went and sat at the bar, had some food and a lot of booze. It was great. It was phenomenal. And then me and Matt went to the to a to local the, bar. To, to our local... Uh, Hangout. Hangout. It's our spot that we go I to. I almost, almost said the name of the place. Yeah, I don't want to bl- put it on blast. No, fuck it. The watering hole. The watering hole. We, we'll put it on blast because yeah. we love it. Yeah, we love we it there. We love it. We love the bartenders yeah. there. Yeah. They take great care of us. Liam, Liam Don... What's the guy's name? No, don't put me on the spot. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. Whatever. I don't, well, think either way. Gonna, I don't think they're listening. So they're fantastic right. guys. They take great care of us. One of them once gave us a great... Um, uh, yeah, restaurant recommendation. Great for restaurant the recommendation. Gramerson area. We went, we went to a place called Molly's and it just had the most Irish motherfucking dinner I've had. Oh, it's dude. We had like the ever chops, in my life. The chopstick special in God, Guinness. It was and so good. It was phenomenal. Sawdust on the floor. No light. None. Like, there was a, a, red, <laughs> there was a red light in the lamp on the table. And yeah. that we could barely see. Could I had barely to use my see. phone to see the menu. <laughs> it's off like an old person. And the next time we went into watering hole, I was like, dude, you fucking nailed it knocked with it that. Out, knocked it out of the park. Knocked it out, bro. So Matt's 30. Mm-hmm. It's been a big week for my best friends because Matt, my best friend, obviously, like I just said. Yes. 30 years old. Big time. We had a great time. Party at your house on Friday night. One of our listeners. One of our listeners, my best friend from home, Mr. Colin Byerly, just got engaged to his four-year girlfriend, Megan Claire. No, girlfriend of four years, not four-year girlfriend. She's four years old. She's four years old. This is a cry for help. <laughs> Lolita to the extreme. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> no, Megan Claire... They've been together for three or for four years now. Mm-hmm. They got engaged while they were on a trip in Austin this weekend. Cool. And I couldn't be happier for him. He proposed when he was super drunk, which she classy, <laughs> classy, my kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good man. <laughs> I there. I, pro- <laughs> <laughs> I proposed. On the couch we're sitting on. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, gross. Oh, oh shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get the plastic down, right? All right. Anyway. You know it, bro. <laughs> oh, we got some engaged-looking girls in here tonight. All right. Another big note. Kicking off the show. Yeah? We got a new listener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My dad finally listens. Yeah! Yeah, what's up, dad? Hey, Scott. Hopefully he's still listening. Uh, so. <laughs> he agrees with me and David Sedaris that short guys get hit up for money all the time because we have a lower eye line, and uh, it's super annoying and it's super true. I could see that. I mean, I could see how that'd be super annoying. I finally finished that David Sedaris book, and the last story in it was was incredible. Yeah, it was. It does not make him look good. Oh God damn it! It was wild. This not in like a creepy about, way. This but is the like, man who has a. Picked up so much trash, he's got a trash truck named after him. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that the one of the themes that 
haunts the whole book is his sister's suicide. Mm-hmm. And you kind of read the whole thing and realize that they were not on speaking terms for eight years. But in one of the last stories, I mean, I don't know who's going to read this and spoiling it isn't going to ruin it for you. But like, um, you learn that they had actually, she kind of just like showed up at one of his shows that was at the Boston Symphony. Wow. One night. And he saw her at the stage door and had a doorman slam the door in her face. And it's just like a very like, whoo, hitching in the chest moment. And then her, his the last time he heard from her was whenever she was found. Damn. And he's just like, it's a very like, it was a very like, in, it wasn't the last story actually, it was the second to last story. But the last story was so like, it was like a palate cleanser about his dad. Yeah. Moving his dad out of the house, which yeah. is also hard, but like. Wasn't nearly. I don't know. That was one of the more effective stories I've ever read of David Zuden. I liked it a lot. Who, buddy? He's amazing. Well, get this. He's, get yeah. this thing back on track. Continue, I'm gonna need about five on. more of these rose ciders. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I just recommend that book highly. Again, Calypso. What's Calypso by, by David, David Sedaris. Sedaris. Check it out. He's he's a good maybe man. Maybe we can have the Matt on Matt book club. That's cool. You know what? I'll, book club corner. We can do it like this because I'm not a huge fan of sitting down to read a book. Yeah. So we could do it, last podcast on the left style, you can read the book <laughs> and bring it to me and I'll Ben and Kissel it. describe it to you. And you describe it to me and I'll just be like, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ben Kissel, we love you, man. Yeah. Hell yourself. Hell yourself. So we had a killer week. Um, our friend from our job yeah. got us hooked up with a sweet, sweet, sweet night yeah. at the world-famous Cafe Wa on McDougal Street, West Village, New York City. Yeah, it was super fun. My cousin was in town just kind of as an impromptu, just kind of dropped in, and uh, we had a blast, man. We Dude, went to the, we the Cafe Wa thing was time. incredible. It was just kind of out of left field. Yeah. The, the What were they called? These Motherfunkers? Of the Motherfunkers? I think it were called... I think it was These Motherfunkers. These Motherfunkers. It's this funk band that plays every Tuesday night. Dude. Dude. Out of control fun. It's like, so good. Just so good. Musically God, stellar. Good Just lord. Stellar. I couldn't I couldn't stay seated. No. I could not stay seated. Of course we didn't I had have a to choice, stay, I had I had to No, I I had no choice. <laughs> the music compelled me to dance. Exactly. Oh my god, it was, I was so fun. Dancing my ass off. And the coolest thing about it was this hookup that we got got us seats that were basically on the stage. Yeah, we were on the stage, like right next to the band, I, right next to the guitarist and the drummer. When we were standing up, I was at eye level about a foot away from one of the singers. Yeah. And I was just like, this is intimate. It was so, it was so <laughs> great. And it was great being at the Cafe Wa. It was my first time ever going there after like reading about that place yeah like for years i mean I've yeah heard so it's the first place that Jimi hendrix experience played when they came over from london bob dylan played there a lot uh i, I remember i i read this book called the village and i can't remember the author off the top of my head right now but it's it gives a detailed like history of the of the uh, greenwich village all the way back to like to the 1600s mm-hmm. and they talk about the founding or like the opening of cafe wall it was originally an abandoned horse stable that no had been shit. like empty for like for for decades, and then the owner of the cafe wall, uh, uh, like like whenever he went down there to check it out, whenever he after he bought it, literally there was like 30, 40 year old horse shit on the floor, <laughs> and he like just cleared the whole space out, and it's cool because if you know that you can look at the architecture along the stage and see like like the curvature of the of the horse stalls. That's what the um, the, the drummer, drummer was sitting in. Yeah. yeah. The, the the nook that the drummer was sitting in. And it's and it's it's just fascinating to see like that that New York history and like like this is an old place. Like this is one of the, this is probably the oldest like in terms of like the United States like monuments like this is the this is the best that it gets, man. Oh yeah. I mean Boston has stuff like that too and I mean there are just places all along the eastern Seaboard, seaboard but, that have that, but I but but New York just has it in such a New York concentrated way. It's, it's concentrated really way in such a cooler way. Yeah, because stuff that's happened here, like 
cities along the eastern seaboard had like a heyday. Yeah. New York has never stopped its heyday. Right. Ever right. since the Dutch start found out they could make a shitload of money here. Right. It's just been a heyday. Right. It's just we had been... a slump in the 70s and 80s, but we were still killing it. Yeah. It's we're in... still New York City. And it was still New York City. I mean, yeah. it was still a destination. There were still tourists. There was still, mm-hmm. like, there the, like, the history never le- left this place. Like, oh, hell no. And, and it's always going to be what uh, at least one thing that draws people here. I mean, it reminds me of England or London. Like, I remember walking around London once and just, like, coming across Roman pavement. Yeah. At one point. And it's like, obviously nothing here dates back that far, but those little stalls remind me of that. And it's really like... Yeah, it's our history. Yeah, it's really... Our history doesn't go back thousands of years. It only goes back a couple hundred, but it's been super eventful. Yeah. And we've got our problems, but we're still a pretty cool place. Right. And you get to see like... um, Well, and plus with Cafe Wa, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was just such an... Intimate space. Yeah, it wasn't. Can you sure. imagine seeing Jimi Hendrix? No, no. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like right there. Like, like that. That would have. That must have just been insane, dude. When Bruce Springsteen was a teenager, he used to just take the bus from Freehold to New York City and just go sit in Cafe Wa. In fact, he skipped. His high school graduation <laughs> to go sit in Cafe Wa, and his parents freaked out, had no clue where he was, and one of his his mom goes, I bet he's at Cafe Wa. So she called Cafe Wa and said, Is Bruce there? And the manager said, Yep, let me get him. <laughs> what a punk. What a punk. What a crazy That's a bastard. jerk thing to do. Yeah, he, I had no interest in it, man. It wasn't my It doesn't scene. matter. It's not about you. Graduation <laughs> is not about you. Hey, we're 17. It's, it's about your parents and them putting up with you for this long. That's true. And now they're getting rid of you. That's true. That's really what it's... That's who it's for. But you... you it's just like weddings aren't for the couple. It's for the family. You're showing that you didn't listen to Bruce's music very much because he didn't exactly like his father. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. He's not from a situation like ours. His dad was a... Uh, Paranoid, schizophrenic, bipolar. So he was hard to get along with. And an alcoholic. So Everybody has that. Everybody's got a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So these motherfunkers, yeah. I can't even put into words how just so fun. stellar. And yeah, and like they're so much fun playing great music. And they're also just as musicians and singers just on point. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, there was the open mic after their first that, set. Yes, that was wild. They were. It was so funny because the guys come were walking by us afterwards. We were like, "Fantastic job, guys!" And they go, Are "You guys musicians?" Yeah. And I was like, "I'm a singer. He plays guitar." And the dude was like, "Did you bring your axe?" Yeah. And I was like, I was "Like, I am not getting on stage with uh, these yeah. dudes." <laughs> at first, I thought to myself, "I'm like, oh, doing an open mic. Maybe I'll sing uh, sitting up, sitting on the dock of the bay." No. And then the open micers started to come up, yeah. and I was like, "No, I'm not." These people, they were so just on it because the other thing was that they would go, they would walk up to the band, and just be like, "I'm gonna sing this song in the key of this. Give me eight bars leading in," and then a fully formed band would play a song. <laughs> like, it, 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 like, they, they, like these people weren't like rehearsing with this group of people. But the, they didn't need to because these musicians were, were just so act, on like point. They were even able. Musicians. They were one guy. We only stuck around for a few songs in the open mic, but like one guy hopped up there and it was this like really kind of an he had an original song that he was singing. <laughs> I know where you're going about about a woman on the side. You're Liter- my woman on the side. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> you're my woman on the side, and it was just really like soft spoken, like. Like electric piano, electric organ, like like with jingle bells and and all this stuff, and the band jumped in and started like, like dressing up his song, dressing up his song, and the backup singers who included two women and a man, yeah, were like they were echoing him and woman on the side. And eventually, he asked them to stop doing it because I don't know why, because they made the song ten times better, at least like like palatable, right? Because it wasn't a bad sounding song; it was just like. 
Yo, like people can hear you. Dude, yeah, you're in public. <laughs> we were walking out. We were walking out right afterwards, and I turned to the manager and I said, I hope his wife doesn't hear the song. Yeah. <laughs> Woman on the side. Woman on the side. Jesus Christ. Speaking of your cousin Alex coming to town. Yeah. You went to the Whitney. Yeah, I went to and the you Whitney. You got a couple of artists. That you want to talk up for a couple of minutes. There was this, uh, well, this couple of exhibits that they have going on there. The David Narowitz exhibit was some of the most intense, like, abstract art I've ever, visual art I've ever seen. Yeah. Not including, like, some of the performance art I've seen in, over my years of New York, because that shit just gets insane. But, like... <laughs> including but, a show that you were in. Yeah, uh, but, like... Uh, Oh my God! Like this dude, he, he he spoke out a lot about um, a lot of his work was inspired by the AIDS crisis in the eighties. He is an HIV positive man himself, and um, he was just like a militaristic gay man. <laughs> like oh. he just believed in bringing up, ending the world as straight people knew it, knew it, and like uh, enlightening consciousness. And, and setting everything on fire and just being so... Like, these works were just so abrasive and so, like, um, varied. Yeah. There was one exhibit where he had 23 skulls that he had created out of, out of basketballs and globes. And they all... There's 23 of them, right? Which makes up the 23 chromosomes of the human DNA, like... Uh, Genome or whatever you want to call it. I don't know the technical term, uh, but of the human DNA strand, we all have twenty three chromosomes, and so he artistically like um, uh, represented all of them, and then it led to this uh, sculpture of a of a globe with a something hat, like some sort of like chaotic event happening at the Earth, and it was called the 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 enlightening of consciousness. It was just so intense, but then in the next room, they have a short film where he's filmed all of these different, like, types of fights. Like, there was a, some luchador wrestling. And yeah! Then, and then also some, just like, like uh, clips from nature. Uh, uh, and then this other really violent bullfighting thing. Like, it was in black and white, but it, the, the, the bull was so bloody, you could see it was shining across. Yeesh. And it was just... It was really like just stunning, like and and aggressive, and almost at times it felt almost mean spirited. But but in an important kind of holier than thou way, mm-hmm. I loved it. That's awesome. I absolutely loved it. He had. And I also just loved like how good his shit was, like uh, like spanning the like because he did these. He did these huge murals, as well as this short film, as well as this sculpture, and then he did spoken word stuff that you would stand and listen to. Good like, Lord. this dude was just all over the place. Jack of all trades. Photography. He was incredible. How much do you think he paid the Whitney to have? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, fuck you. I don't think he did at all. I don't. I don't really know how. No, that I'm kidding. Works. I just know how. I don't know how that works either. I yeah. just figure like a museum like the Whitney would be like, you should be honored and pay us. No, I think he's dead. Well, goddammit. Uh, I don't know if he's... I think he is dead. Um, I love the Whitney. I'm just throwing shit. Uh, and, but then probably one of, one of the um, more funny... I don't know. Well, it was not like funny haha, but like the Mary Course exhibit was funny because uh, I went with my roommate and my cousin. And I, was, and I took him to the Whitney specifically because that's not a museum that I hear people go to. Yeah, like they always tourists, go to the Met. The Met, they, the Natural History Museum. Yeah, they go to Malma, the Central Park Museums. Yeah. Guggenheim. Yeah, Guggenheim. Like, and these are all great places. Guggenheim. Well, I don't know why I said it like that. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I just like the Whitney a lot. I'm also a member there, so I can get in for free and I'll get my friends in for half price. <laughs> well, not really but, free. Uh, you already paid. But. Uh, well, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and, um... Uh, but, but, so... I'm talking about this museum this whole time on our way over there, and it was a, and it is a trip out there for me. Like yeah, it's a long subway ride. It was like a ten dollar Uber for me. Whatever, and uh, <laughs> and we so we, we get all the way out there, and we're like, all right, let's just go to the top floor and work our way down. 
And we get there, and I'm and I'm so excited to show show. And also, it was my roommate's first time at the Whitney as well. Oh, really? He's and, never been yeah, there. Yeah, That's and we crazy. get there, and the first room, Matt, the first room was canvases painted white. <laughs> Go fuck yes, yourself. yes. Get and I'm just like, out. no, like, like, are you kidding me? Like, like, and they're like, they were like. This canvas is hexagonal and painted white. This canvas is a is a tritone sculpture painted white that appears to be floating off the ground. And Mary Course was playing with space. And you look over, like, and you look at the years of all these paintings, and they span decades. And they're like, this is this woman's growth. I'm just gonna say this. Yeah. Fuck that. But here's the thing. That's what I thought too. That's what I thought too. Here's the thing. And I know that this is not a vis- this is not this is not a visual, but if you go to my Instagram at matters on Instagram, you can see what it built up to was this painting. Which oh, is part of the dope. Black Oak the Black Earth uh, series. It's an untitled work. Uh, like most of her works are untitled. But this painting that we're looking at, it's it, you get in there and, and you immediately notice. All of us gasped when we saw this in person because that's probably probably about ten foot high and about uh, twelve feet wide, and it's just, and it's um, that sparkling that you see isn't actual. It's not paint. It's she's plastered this uh, like lava rock that's that's been polished oh. and it's just like shiny from light, and it's and it's like and it just makes this like. It looks like you're looking at a starry night sky, like yeah. in the middle of uh, of a hill country somewhere. No, that's uh, it. That it actually was, sounds really cool. And, it, and and these like white canvases built to that. Yeah. But again, like it took her like 30 years to get to that point. So I don't know, I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. But it no, was just it was that, just funny. Just that to, like, is super cool. Yeah. The canvas is painted white. That was like, like that and was, that's the first thing they see when they get off the elevator on yeah, the top floor. Yeah, it was just like, are you kidding me? We just spent an hour on the fucking train to go to look at white <laughs> so fucking this, canvases. This is something that me and Andrea really enjoy is going to museums, specifically yeah. art museums. And we've literally been to art museums all over the world. It's one of our favorite things to do when we go on vacation. Yeah. And we've been to some and we're a lot of times, even if we're trying to find the meaning, if it's not hitting us, huh. we still are like, you know, it, it didn't quite hit me, but I get it. You know, it's it's on its way there or something like that. Yeah. There have been other times where we've just leaned over to each other. And one time she walked up to me while I was trying to take in, this is actually at the Whitney. I was trying to take in this gigantic, like multi-piece, like 10-piece uh, I was here very avant-garde art installation, and I'm really trying to take it in and figure it out. And she just leans up and whispers in my ear and goes, "This is such bullshit." Yeah, <laughs> dude, I, I, I'm gonna be real with you. This is a little bit of a don't at me, bro. But I think this is gonna be my last year of membership at the Whitney. Not I've done super it for two impressed. years. Yeah, and it's just like I uh, they did. What's his name? Grant something or other. The guy that did American, that painted American Gothic. Yeah, yeah. They had a huge exhibit on him uh, uh, in the spring, and gotta tell you, man, the guy had about one painting that I gave a fuck about. <laughs> like, and then, like, which is American Gothic, <laughs> and they had a whole floor dedicated with his stuff. And it, it like, got to a point at one, where at one point where it was like, have they just run out of things to show us? They're literally <laughs> like, here's his chair. Oh, who gives a shit? This is his up. Look at his upholstered chair. He didn't even make the chair. <laughs> like if he had designed the chair, I would be like, all right, cool. But they're just like, yeah, this is where he would smoke his pipe and read Mark Twain novels. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Whatever, bro. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know that this belongs in this museum. Some of the, but but I do love going and looking at like Ed Hopper and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. No, there's good stuff there, but some of the stuff that gets touted and. You know, you can see people really, really trying. Yeah. When they're looking at it, you can see the look on their face that the look on their face is just, it's almost like they're, you know how people look at the gym? Yeah. When they're really trying to get that last rep up? Yeah. That's how these people look, trying to be like, oh, I'm fucking cultured and I understand art. Yeah. Ah! 
it is funny, like, um, talking to people at the Whitney, if, if you ever go there by yourself, because I, oh, I don't know if I was there by my, I forget who I was with when I was, I was, uh, when I was at the American Gothic thing, but it is funny, like, talking to older people, mm-hmm. and, like, actually in art, about art, because they'll just be straight up with you. She was, because well, I, I just talked to this one random woman about one of his other paintings of this dude swinging a golf club like somewhere in Virginia. And at first you look at it at first glance and you're like, oh, that's, what a little slice of Americana. And then she goes, what fucking house is there to play golf at in this year that this was painted? <laughs> She's like, well, this was painted in, like, 1890-something. Like, there aren't, like, golf clubs that people live on in that year. So where is this guy golfing? Also, he's wearing a full suit, a three-piece suit, and golfing. She just, like, just, like, roasted this painting so hard. (laughs) And she's just leaning over to me, silently doing it, while all these, like, museum workers are giving tours, talking (laughs) this guy up. She's like, this guy's an idiot. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> so I do like it for that, but but um, no, that's pretty awesome. But but like I said, like the, like I don't know, I don't know that it's worth ninety dollars a year. Yeah, you know, it was cool at first, but now I'm I'm just feeling a little bit over it. I feel you. I'll tell you what, I'm not over what the new Netflix series, Dark Taurus. Yes, Dark Taurus, dude. This show is wild. It's so good. It's so like it's kind of in the vein of John Ronson or, and um, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. A bit. Like, it's like, like, imagine if Anthony Bourdain went to s- really scary tourist attractions and didn't eat. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> very little food, which is, uh, but, but it's a, but it's just a travel show uh, about uh, going to all these fucked up places all over the world. One of which was my hometown of Dallas, Texas. Oh my god! <laughs> so in the episode where they, in the every episode he goes to three different places in a specific country, and the episode where he comes to the United States of America, first he goes to uh, he goes to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, yeah. where people do tours of the Jeffrey Dahmer, which is insane. Yeah, like it's these like all these weird women who are super yeah. into Jeffrey Dahmer. Like they have crushes on this gay guy who used to eat gay guys, and and it's also like they were they would go like they're like we're going to speak to Jeffrey Dahmer now, and they <laughs> and they have these like wired these like hangers that they have in their uh, in their hands that that are used to answer yes or no, <laughs> and so it's so obviously fake. Yeah, uh, they're like, are you here now? And this woman has it positioned in her thumbs and clearly moves it so that they cross and say yes. <laughs> like, really? She's really obviously doing it. And there's a crowd of, like, 15... Oh, burps. Uh, oh, oh, nice burp hello. there, Mr. Butterfield. Crowd of 15 women in, like, weird, uh, like... Like headdresses, all just watching. Oh my God, he's here! He's here! And then, and then the host of the show is this dude from New Zealand. I don't remember. He's, he's kind of oh Dan Ferrier. Yeah, or something Dan like Ferrier. that. Uh, but he uh, he just leans over to the person that brought him to that tour and is like, "This is you don't believe this, right? This is horseshit." And she's <laughs> like, "She's like, no, this is stupid." But then even they, but then she takes him to like a guy that really knows how to get hold of Jeffrey. Or they, or like they, they listen to all these like old recordings of Jeffrey, and she like starts getting all fucking turned on, and like, God, it was so creepy. Oh my God! And then from there, they went to New Orleans. Yeah, drank blood with some vampires. Yes, yes. And then the coup de gras of the of the United States of America episode was Dallas, Texas, God. where they go on two <laughs> separate John F. Kennedy assassination tours. The first one was by a man whose day job is he's an undertaker. Yeah. And he's also, he's like a historian. Yeah. He's a, well, he's he claims a, he's a historian. He, he's got the the information. He looks like a historian. historian. And, but he's he's also a big-time conspiracy theorist. Right, because he's also insane. And his tour was seven hours long. I can't imagine driving around downtown Dallas for seven hours. Seven hours long. Good He's like God. going into super depth on like the Zapruder family and like what they have. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah. And then, what? but even his 
Like, at least he's done some research on it. Because then the second JFK tour that these that this guy goes on is just like this dude who bought some party golf carts. Yes. Drives around Dallas playing a bunch of music and uh-huh. talking about JFK getting killed. Yeah. While in the front seat of the golf cart is a woman Pretending. dressed like Jackie <laughs> whose job is to be sad the whole time. Yes. It's... So surreal. It's I had no idea that that went on in Dallas. Oh my! I had like, and it made it's like at first I was a little excited because they're like uh, because I feel like Dallas gets shit on a lot. It does because people say that it's uncultured and boring. And I was like, at first I was like, oh maybe they're gonna like show this like weird kind of cool part of Dallas. And then it's like, oh, nope, they're just showing the fucking weirdos that I, <laughs> that I ran away from. <laughs> like, oh, eh, okay, yeah, I moved out of this city. Yep, that's what I did. That's what I did. I've never lived there. <laughs> Andrea did. <laughs> Look, Dallas is great, but 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 uh, that's not a very good representation of it. No, I've had some really good times in Dallas. It's just a place where people are. Yeah, it's a place where people are. Dallas has got a lot of cool shit. Like, obviously, we're both lifelong. I'm a, at least I'm lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, love I, the I'm Dallas an off Cowboys. And on. I'm an off and on. I'm a fair weather Cowboys. Fan. I think you're more of a Cowboys fan recently because you've been hanging out with me so much. Yeah, and I true. talk about it. Well, and they also <laughs> had they had a good season. Oh yeah, and so like two years ago, so uh, they totally did. So that was fun. Like I it said, totally fair fun. weather. Absolutely. <laughs> we're gonna come back to the Cowboys. Yeah, we're gonna wrap up on Dark Tourist right now. Um, but man, that show's wild. There is there's another episode where he goes to South Africa. Oh, and I don't think shit. Matt caught this one, so I'll try to recap it. It was I did it not was catch this one. But like, real quick, oh, real quick, yeah, it's beer season. Here we go. Um, beer season is open. Uh, South Africa. So he, I like something that is interest that has always kind of confused me is that. I feel like in the media in the United States, we are often told that South Africa has gotten past its apartheid stuff. <laughs> like, like, I remember specifically... Oh, be further from the Well, truth. I remember specifically being, like, shown stuff like this, like, on shows that I trusted, like The Daily Show, or, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, I don't know, just weird news clips as I was growing up as a kid, where, like, they show clips of... Um, you know, people of color, black people in Africa saying like, oh, we forgive the white people. Things happen and it was wrong and everything's fine now. We're, 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 we're an enlightened culture. I feel and like this the, you guy, could go anywhere, you could go somewhere in the United States and find, and find people that find say some that. black people that'll say that right on, on TV, on camera to be on TV. Yeah, right. Right. Well, as a child and as a person that is rather ignorant to the outside world around me, like I, uh. I just kind of took it at face value, and I figured, like, there's probably still some assholes, but it's probably a lot like... Like, people... I, I just always, like, kind of assume people are good. Yeah, but, but little then, did we know. Holy shit. This dude has uncovered this whole underbelly of insane, insane racism and, and insane, like, dividing of wealth and power and influence. In that. And, like, apartheid is still very much real there. Yeah, it's absolutely. it's like it, it is not changed. Like maybe some maybe the laws aren't it's just on the not books. legal right. anymore. Maybe it's not maybe it's not a part of the law of the land anymore. But it's absolutely the practice of the land, and it's something that a lot of communities there actively seek out. And he and he goes to these communities that are outside of the city uh, of Johannesburg, where they have like all but eradicated all people of color. And it looks like it. It looks like parts of like like central Texas or even like West Texas, like Amarillo, mm. is what it is. What it really reminded me of. But it's like imagine if Amarillo had no indigenous or people from Mexico in it. That's yeah. what it looked. That's what these like bars looked like. Oh, and they're playing this like weird version of country music that's like made down there where everyone where it's like real twangy but they all sing in that weird accent that, that we had say out the African accent <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, I could never in a million I hope I never get a role yeah where I have to play a South African because good. I can't do yeah. that shit no never 
That uh, accent is so strange. Also, there's, there's plenty of them to play themselves. Sure. Uh, but anyway, um, and then, and like, and so you see these cultures, and he's like, he's just looking around, and he's like, you know, it's it's a little weird that you guys are just kind of out here by yourself, and, and the whole time these people are talking about, like, yeah, well, we decided to get away from the city so that we could preserve our culture and preserve our traditions. But then he takes an even deeper dive, finds these religious groups that do doomsday prepping for when... Uh, the black people of Africa decide to will eventually decide to raise up and like rape their daughters and rob their homes and cause an Armageddon and they do drills I've got news for yeah that's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen (laughs) not gonna happen and even if it did happen it'd probably be a good thing if these people weren't on the earth anymore Um, (laughs) it'd probably be okay I'd probably if I heard like yeah that black guy killed that asshole that was on that TV show I'd be like Good for that black guy. <laughs> um, no, uh, but but um, <clears throat> so like for these drills, this woman they gather the family in a circle, and this woman starts praying, and in the middle of her prayer, begins sobbing about how scared she is of like like other races and how scared she is for this drill that they're about to do, and and homie, they go all out. Like whenever they're driving down the street, they have people come out. And role play like kidnapping people, and they have to role play going and sealing their people back who have been kidnapped, and then eventually it all empties out into this field where a preacher talks about how white people are going to rule the world, beginning in South Africa. Oh, and it's like Matt, it's literally a crowd of probably close to a thousand people that he's preaching to. Oh my god, it's a huge group of people. It's this, insane. Like so this, apartheid and, just ended in South Africa, re- relatively within our lifetime. Recently. Like, like within ended, our lifetime, it ended when we were kids. You know, it, I this, remember it. This happening. seems crazy to us, but this same kind of thing was happening. Yeah. in America, it post uh, uh, segregation. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, in the seventies. There's so many towns in Texas, and I'll name them. Fuck off. Uh, Westlake, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, different places in the Houston area, like Sugarland and Friendswood, and all these different places. There'll be like the super rich, almost like ninety nine point nine percent white, yeah. white communities outside of or just outside of major cities, Highland Park. Yeah, that's when this black when every when the black people started to get a little bit of rights, they moved and formed their own communities. Yeah, yeah, and. They may not be as blazing about saying it, but that's exactly why they did it. Right. They didn't want their kids going to school with black people. Right. So while it's crazy to me that these people are like so blazing about saying it on camera, the idea and the concept of it doesn't really surprise me. And that's yeah. sad. I guess that's true. That's really sad that it I doesn't was just, surprise I, me. Like, I, like, one thing that, that has just, uh, in the culture in general all over the world I guess that I like is people being comfortable with their own racism on camera yeah now yeah like that's that's a new thing at least I mean it wasn't like it went away and now it's back yeah and it's really weird and sad and scary. It's very sad, very scary. But this guy very just, weird. Like this dark and this host of Dark Tourist, uh, Dan Fanier, he he just goes for it. He doesn't he 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 gets a little bit um He's not an unbiased reporter. Oh, not at all. You can totally not, see him getting very much like and, and Are he, you fucking kidding me? Right, right. Oh my god, there was another one where he in the United the last episode. Mm-hmm. Is where he goes to the United States and he meets up with some United States doomsday preppers. Oh God, and, these people! And uh, he he goes to the, you know what they're based they're based out of like Kentucky, and the a big following is around where that giant arc is. Oh yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you heard about that? Yes, I know exactly what like, you're talking that, about. That the 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 gigantic Noah's Ark. The replica. <laughs> well, apparently that's like funded by this doomsday prep church. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and then geez, yeah, dude, come and, on. And the and the woman like is talking about how she's like, well, we know that well, it'll it won't be by water this time; it'll be by fire. And she goes out of her way to be like, and homosexuality will be cured. 
And then he looks at her and goes, oh, are you trying to cure me? <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> and then she's just like, yep. <laughs> anyway, here are the velociraptors that were on the ark. <laughs> oh, man. If you buy into that stuff, you are a big old fat brand of loser. Like, uh, and a lunatic. Like, and a that's lunatic. This is crazy. There's other, like, I don't know. That was yeah. a great show. Highly great recommend. show. I highly recommend everybody check out Dark Taurus. Yeah. He goes and hangs out with Pablo Escobar's number one hitman yeah. in Medin. Yes. Takes a tour of Pablo's old condo. <laughs> of his Man. jail that he built. And his jail that he that's built what, that's for him to was. serve his yeah. own jail sentence. Man. <laughs> killer. Killer, killer stuff. He's a great... This, great show. This show's a great show. Hosted by... I like the guy. I think he's killer. Yeah. Just interviewing a bunch of losers. And just strange people. Strange people. He does this other thing where he becomes a prophet of voodoo. Yes. And that's actually really that's funny. That's phenomenal. That's a great episode. I highly suggest everybody yeah. watch this. <laughs> He's you know so what else? uncomfortable. You know time. what else I highly suggest? What? <laughs> I'm becoming king of the segues here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Not as bad as some segues on some other shows I listen to, but... Anyway. You know what else I highly suggest everybody watch? I highly suggest the da- you watch the Dallas Cowboys kick some serious ass in 2018. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But training camp, officially open. The Dallas Cowboys, the star is back. Yep. It's time to rock this shit, man. Well, how do you think it's going to go this season? I think this is not a championship season. No. This is not the year that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. I think of this as, this is 1991 all over again. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We're the youngest the team. The year before? We're, we're coming off a very disappointing season. Not nearly as disappointing as 1990, but we're coming off a disappointing season. We've completely rebuilt the team. We're the youngest team in the league. Since Jason Witten retired, the average age of the Dallas Cowboys player is 24 years old. Think That's about that. Crazy. The average Dallas Cowboy is six years younger than us. Shut up. It's fucking nuts, right? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) So we're super young, but we've got a lot of talent, and we've got a lot of talent through the draft. Yeah. Which not a lot of people do. A lot of people try to load up on free agents for one to two year runs. Tell me about these guys. These guys, we've gotten, we've built, we've bolstered our secondary Uh with uh, lots of really young, really good talent in the second and third round kind of guys. Our offensive line, which is the best offensive line in football, we've gotten all of them through the draft. Oh, wow. Through super savvy drafting. Because everybody thinks Jerry's out of it. Jerry's not out of it. Jerry's not a crazy person. But you know who's super fucking smart? I won't go that far. You know who's super fucking smart? No. His son, Stephen. Okay. Stephen Jones is, for my money, in five years we're going to be saying he is the best personnel man in the NFL. Hmm. He's phenomenal. Hmm. He picks, makes great picks. He picked Tyron Smith. He picked Zach Martin. He picked Travis Frederick. He picked Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. He picked Jalen Smith. He picked this guy, Leighton Vander Esch, who's going to be a rookie this year. He's going to start at outside linebacker, and he's going to crush it. This big, big jacked-up white boy from Boise State. He's awesome. He's, just, he's a linebacker son of a bitch. Yeah. I tell you could. Um, we still got to do some work on the safety positions, but you know, uh, Scott You're excited? Linehan, yeah, I'm excited. Scott Linehan, our Glad Zeke is back. I'm glad Zeke is back. Good Lord. Good God. Stop fucking beating up your girlfriends. Well, hey, you shut your mouth. Jesus Christ. It was proven that he didn't do it. Uh, the police did not find any evidence that he did it. That's what they always every say. Every other, every single person that was a witness that night said that's bullshit. And she, they had emails and texts of her saying, I'm a white girl and you're a black man. Who do you think they'll believe? I'm going to ruin your career. She reported all of this right after he broke up with her. Why would you do that? Because she's a fucking idiot. She's a crazy person. And the NFL hates Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones... Is an asshole. No, Jerry Jones calls him on their bullshit and makes his own business deals. Yeah, I guess. The NFL says Coca-Cola is the official drink of the NFL. Jerry says, I like Pepsi. I'm doing a deal with Pepsi. Bud Light's the official beer of the NFL. I just did a really great deal with Miller Lite. 
My team, my money. Shut up, Roger. So Roger hates him. <laughs> Roger hates this guy. So Roger, uh, he appoints a woman to head up the NFL's independent investigation of Ezekiel Elliott, a woman who is a self-proclaimed diehard New York Giants fan. That's unbiased. That's not unbiased. Not unbiased at all. So Fuck be- the New York Giants. So before you start screaming, quit beating up your girlfriend. But they should stop doing that. Well, other people should, but Zeke didn't do it. Okay. All right. Zeke didn't do it. Maybe. Zeke's back. I'm looking. He was at getting this. into bar fights though. This season, I'm looking at us going ten and six or eleven and five. Okay. I think we'll make the playoffs. We're not going to do great in the playoffs. We'll probably lose out in the wild card or the divisional round. Yeah. But next year, mm-hmm. next year is the year. Next year, you, really, you think we're going to win ne- next year? It has to be next year, and at the very latest, the year after 2019 or 2020. That is the shelf life on the nucleus of this team. Okay. They have to, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be in 2019 or 2020, or else they're going to have to start breaking up, breaking off players, selling uh, players for salary cap reasons, and it's just going to fall apart. And we're going to be in the same exact position that we were in with Tony. Yeah. We, we had a legit shot to win the Super Bowl in 2007 and a legit shot to win the Super Bowl in 2014. In both years, we couldn't get the job done because of certain weaknesses. Yeah. Now, we've got a lot of the pieces in place. Well, that's exciting. It's very exciting. I'm super pumped. Yeah. Super pumped! It's going to be good. All right! I like, I like football. I like watching it. I don't like following it, but I like watching it. <laughs> You're going to watch some Cowboys games with me this year. Absolutely. Because I'm sure... Quite a few of my don't at me bros are going to be about do- about uh, Dallas Cowboys football. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it's going to be, Scotland ahead. Don't at me, bro, with that stupid play call on fourth down or whatever. Or Aaron Rodgers, don't at me, bro, with your stupid face and your UFOs. Aaron Rodgers, oh, that guy. Oh my god. <laughs> I hate Aaron Rodgers more than I hate certain dead dictators. I'm just <laughs> confused by his presence. <laughs> that guy says he saw a UFO. Go listen to You Made a Weird Repeat with B. Holmes. And nobody even gave him shit about nobody it. Nobody talked about it. That should have <laughs> been on the front of the New York Times. Oh my god. We got a debate, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah. We have got... A debate. <laughs> and this may very well dwa- drive a wedge <laughs> in the good friendship that is... I doubt it. Matt Beery and Matt Butterfield. We may walk out of this room today telling each other to eat that final dick. Because the debate is on. Yeah. Get to it. Blue cheese or ranch? Ranch. All the way. Blue cheese. Ranch. Blue cheese. Ranch. Blue cheese. Whatever. Okay, <laughs> No, you get the extra added bonus of little crumbly pieces of blue cheese. But I don't know, it's man. Little, blue cheese sauce is just snack. so like <clears throat> it just makes me cough. <laughs> it just makes me like feel like I'm eating like a belly button or something. Like <laughs> what? It's just moldy and, and your belly button smells like blue cheese. It smells like it doesn't smell edible, much like, like blue cheese. Blue I'm cheese. Say, if your belly button smells like blue cheese, we need to. Smell to, your belly button right now. I need right to now. meet your belly button. I want you to smell your belly Put your finger in your belly button. It's going to be fine. I, I put soap in my belly button. No, you don't. Yes, I you do. You wash your belly button. I wash my belly button. That's a lie. Right now, ladies and gentlemen. You're not supposed to. I'm smelling my belly button. Blue cheese, right? Irish spring. Whatever. Love <laughs> me. I like ranch. I prefer blue cheese. It smells like horrible. Oh, I can't believe you. <laughs> you stuck your finger in there and you just acknowledge that you don't fucking wash it? Whatever. Oh. I, it's not like I don't oh. wash it. Come on. Oh, Matt Butterfield's belly button is a, it's but, a, it's uh, a hellscape. This, this came up because unwashed uh, hellscape. a podcaster that I like, Joey Coco Diaz, um, <laughs> he says, uh, blue cheese with your wings and go fuck yourself or go fuck your mother. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I've always been afraid to tell him that I disagree with him vehemently. He'll, I, he'll, I love. He'll call you a cocksucker. Dude, uh, I like um, uh, ranch dressing, like, I, I fell away from it for years. But then I, I've begun living with somebody that uh, 
puts it on their pizza, and then that evolved to putting it on wings. Mm-hmm. Shit is just so spicy and so good. Shay's such a Texan. And so tangy and so mm-hmm. yummy. It's a, it, and it doesn't make it, it doesn't remind me of body parts whenever I'm eating it. <laughs> Makes the body parts I am eating more delicious and tangy. Your roommate, ah, your roommate is such a Texan. Yeah, I know. He's. I was uh, at your party the other night. I, there was a book face down on the coffee table, and I picked it up and turned it over, and it was his grandfather's book that his grandfather wrote called 40 Years at Aggie Land." Yes. I mean, it doesn't get much more like. He's so Texan. He's Texan. A, he's so Texan. He comes from Aggies. He comes from Aggies, and his dad Ugh. his dad looks like George W. Bush. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> George W. Bush was in like incredible shape. You know, his dad's like sixty years old, or sixty five, I forget, and uh, did an Iron Man. Good lord! On his sixtieth birthday. Wow. He did it, which is an Iron Man, by the way. Swim three miles, bike one hundred and twenty, end it with a marathon. I mean, I'd rather kill myself. Yeah. Like, uh, he, he, and he, he, he finished, like, after they were supposed to officially be done. Yeah. But he was just like, there's no way I'm not finishing this. Powered through. Killing it, man. Jesus That's Christ. That's insane. Yeah. But he looks just like George W. Bush. And it's, he super, re- it's super weird. The first it's time- also weird because, like, Shay looks like his dad. But he doesn't look like George W. Bush at all. Yeah. But his dad looks exactly like George W. Bush. The first time I remember, we were in we were in college, and I was at a little get together at Shay's house at, apartment at the time. I think he lived with Leslie Mungie yeah. or something like that. And he was, and I was talking to him about just stuff, and it came up tech, just being a Texan came up. Yeah. And he said, "You want to know how Texan I am?" And I was just getting to know him at this point. Yeah. And he pulls his phone out and says. This is my dad. And I said, <laughs> your dad's George W. Bush. Your last name is Cooper. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. You know, his dad is, inter- is an interesting guy. They're la- Cooper means barrel maker, right? That's what it means. Yeah, sure. And his dad owns a patent for oil barrels that are, like, recyclable. Really? Isn't that crazy? Did he license it out? Yeah. Oh my god! It's like he re- he revolutionized like the oil pack. That's like, a license. Packaging. To, that's yeah. a license to print money. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I know. Oh my I'm aware. god! Yeah, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing. Like, oh, I was just like, dude, I didn't know that was. See, I'm doing oligarch. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that his dad, because uh, one time when we were sitting at the bar at the restaurant, and sh- me and Shay were talking, he was talking about that he wants to write a book. Yeah. That is part, his fa- his grandfather's uh, journal entries and memoirs interspliced with his own personal um, memoirs and stuff like that, and also his dad's hunting emails. Yeah. His dad's hunting emails are fat or really good. They're fascinating. Yeah. Like, he sits in the deer blind, <laughs> and he emails the family's updates from yeah. the blind. Yeah. Like, whitetail, 7 a.m., whitetail, whitetail buck, 7 a.m., seven points, Yeah, too young to shoot. Yeah. And then one day, I'll never forget, like, Shay was getting these emails for years, and then one day he just get one that said, doe harvested. <laughs> Oh, I gotta fly down to Texas and eat this deer. <laughs> dude, that's so cool. Yeah. Shay's such a cool dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he comes, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Good dude. Lo- love that. Love, love my Shay bear. Speaking of the opposite of good, good stuff. Yeah, what are we, what are we moving on to now? Don't at me, bro. It's, it's that time again. Don't at me. Bro. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. People in their 20s, go fuck yourselves. You're like <laughs> toddlers, but you can drink. You're you're useless. You're pointless. You want to make too much money that you have no place and no right to earn. You want vacations that you 
don't deserve. You're still floating by on your parents' wings. You're pieces of shit. You don't get hangovers. You're selfish. You don't wear condoms often enough. You're just wrecking your life, and you have no idea. For ten years, people in the here have no idea how horrible you're being for an entire decade. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck you, people in your 20s. Don't at me, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> I did all of that stuff in my 20s. I made way too much money and went on killer vacations. I'm not going to don't comment on the condoms. Yeah, fuck you. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. You know what? Don't at me, bro, people who overshare on Facebook. Yes. I've got a couple of people specifically in mind. I'm not going to name your names, but you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dude, I don't care about every text message argument you had with your mother. <laughs> I don't care that your friend didn't show up to your house to drink martinis on a Wednesday night. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I, I don't care about the 18th surgery on your small intestine. I don't care about your kid that much. I don't give a flying fuck. I want to know if your kid is hurt. I want to know if your kid is did something amazing. Yeah. I want to know if your kid is super cute. Once a year. Once. I only kid you know what? Let's say twice. Christmas twice. and birthday. Christmas Show and birthday. Show me that you still have the Show kid on its birthday. And on Christmas, it's like you're going to see the kid only no kid what. I care to see is my nephew. Yeah. And yeah. those pictures are texted to me. Exactly. Where they belong. And your text messages. <laughs> out of out of the, the the sphere of influence that is the internet. Yes. People have put pictures of their a bunch of pictures of their kids online creep me out. Oh because my god! Because yes. kids have no control over that. They don't, and, and so that takes away their their autonomy and like any and any idea that they're any identity that they're going to carve out for themselves later in life. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because we got to invent ourselves on the internet. Yeah, we invent like we didn't invent it, but we were there for the invention of social media. And we and we harnessed it. We played Unlike a these part pieces in. of shit that are in their twenties now. Yeah. <laughs> when we were in our twenties, or actually our teens, you we know, were we were angle. We we figured out that selfies are better if you angle them up. If you're looking down on yourself with the camera, that's when your selfie looks good. <laughs> if you're making a duck face, you look like a thought. And it also, if you're gonna be one of these people, a classic Facebook overshare. Yeah. At least follow through on the overshare as well. Yeah. Because while I hate you, I do want, you know, misery is the company of, misery loves company. It does and become fascinating. Comedy is the misfortune of others. So when you just say, I guess shit never changes and never will, <laughs> follow through. Yeah. What's not changing? Yeah, what's not changing? Who didn't change it? <laughs> What'd they do to you? Was it really the things that never changed? Or was it the you that never changed? <laughs> uh, I, I remember there was this one woman that uh, overshared on Facebook. It was just like this constant update. I was telling you about this before, mm. beforehand. And I remember she was, for years, it was just like... And it was also somebody that like I was friends with, but I didn't wasn't in touch with anymore. And I didn't really care about, but she was just always in my phone and just driving me crazy. And so one night she ran over her neighbor's dog and live tweeted or like live updated her trying to cover up the fact that she ran, like killed her neighbor's dog. Wait a minute. You're putting this on the internet and you're trying to cover it up. Yeah. You're a grade A, a grade A, 100% USDA prime dumb piece of shit. She, uh, she doesn't share as much on the internet anymore. She <laughs> shouldn't share on the internet at all. She shouldn't share oxygen with the rest of this world. Oh, she's oh a, come on. Nah, Alright, that may be too far, <laughs> but still, she's a fucking idiot. And other people that are fucking idiots, people that overshare on social media, we don't need to know all that shit. I don't need to know every time you get into an argument with your husband. Or the specifics of your illness. Yeah, I don't care. Ugh. I don't fucking give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> don't fucking at me, bro. Alright. That's it. That's the pod for the week. That's the pod for the week. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, hopefully going live this week is going to be the official Matt on Matt podcast 
Facebook page. So chat, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Hit us up on email uh-huh. at pod at gmail.com. You can follow us on uh, all the social meds. I'm at Twitterfield on Twitter and at and at Matters on Insta. Uh, yeah. At MattBeery06 on Twitter, at MattBeery06 on Instagram, and MattBeery on Facebook. There you go. Hey, okay, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the 10th episode. Yep. We're doing it, man. We're going to make this Perfect shit happen. Time. We're going to keep forcing this shit down people's throat until they realize our broken brilliance. Exactly. Until next week, we'll see you fuckers later. Adios.